a 29-yard field goal to win the game against the 8-2 Packers right hash. Joseph, snap, spot, Joseph! Yes, he did! Yo, what's going on? Happy Purple Friday, and welcome to Vikings Vantage presented by Pepsi. I hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. My name is Gabe Henderson from the Vikings Entertainment Network, and tonight I'm joined by my Vikings cohorts, I'm talking about Tatum Everett from Vikings.com, as well as Vikings team reporter, my guy, Eric Smith. Uh, Eric, the Vikings are in your home state of California this weekend. I know you have seen a couple of these Vikings 49ers matchups, but but you're not traveling this week. But how do you feel about this Vikings team playing your home state team in the 49ers? Yeah, I feel good about it. Uh, a little bummed to not be going, like you said, back to my home state. I'm from Southern California, and we're going up to the Bay to obviously play in Northern California. So I won't be there. Um, but that's okay. Um, you know, I'll watch from home. I'll probably be probably still stuffed, honestly, from, <laughs> from Thanksgiving. So it'll be good to just relax for that one. But feel good. You know, the team is five and five and, and seems to be rolling. So let's uh, try to keep it going. 325 Central Time right here. You can listen to it on KFAN 100.3 with Voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen, Ben Lieber and Greg Coleman, as well as Pete Bursich on that call. The pregame show starts at 125 Central Time. You can listen to that right here as well. History has proven that the road team has not been successful with these two teams. The home team is 30 and 17 in this matchup with the San Francisco 49ers winning the last five at home. What do you like about this matchup that can change the course of that history? My thing that I like the most is our defense against Jimmy Garoppolo. I think if you pressure him, he'll be forced to make mistakes. He has five interceptions this season, all at home. However, he has been really good of late. He's the most accurate quarterback in the last couple of games um, ever since that Colt loss. But I think that if we attack Garoppolo, if we're able to really mess him up, Jimmy will make a mistake. They've allowed 23 sacks this season. I, I just think there's a lot of opportunity there. Especially just knowing that they like to control the time of possession. If we win the time of possession, I think we will win this game because Jimmy Garoppolo will have some turnovers. Eric, what you liking about this matchup? You know, I've written it in in the Monday morning mailbag the last six weeks. It feels like, you know, it doesn't matter if we play a team that's undefeated or a team that doesn't have any wins. It's going to be a close game because that is just who the Vikings are. Uh, Nine out of ten games this season have been decided by seven points or less. It's probably going to be the same scenario on Sunday where it's going to be another close game. So, What I like is that it seems like the Vikings are finding ways to win in the fourth quarter. Obviously, you look at the last two wins against uh, Los Angeles and Green Bay. The Vikings have won the fourth quarter, and Mm -hmm. that's been a big part of of why they've won the game. Mm -hmm. I like the the mentality of of this team, and I think that they're learning how to win late, which I think they're going to need because, like I said, every game is probably going to be close from here on out. That's good to know for my health. For me, I got to say it's our passing offense versus the 49ers passing defense. We like to use the run to set up the pass. I think the past couple of weeks we have used the pass to set up the run, and I think why, why go away from that model if it's been working? This is a team that only has four interceptions, and that's why I think we can take advantage of that, and there's going to be a lot of shots, and just with this officiating crew that's given up, that's throwing 15 flags per game, the San Francisco 49ers defense is the most penalized team when it comes to defensive pass interferences. The officiating crew has called the third most defensive pass interferences in the NFL. So we're going to see a lot of laundry, huh? So I think a lot of laundry, and like it comes it. from taking those shots and taking advantage of their well, pass that, defense. That was so huge in the game on Sunday when Justin Jefferson got that P.I. call. I mean, that that can jumpstart a drive with, with ease. We've been on the... the 
opposing end of those defensive pass interferences. So to actually get a call like that, I, I think was key to to momentum. Yeah, and I think that kind of goes to the crux of why a lot of people have wanted this offense to be more aggressive and be more focused on on going down the field where it's not going to hit every play. We know that. Like, you know, no offense has ever connected on, on every deep shot. If you at least take the shots, it's not a catch, and, it, and it's not a target for J.J., but it's a successful play for, for the Vikings' offense. So keep taking those shots. Mike Zimmer earlier in the week said it's great for Kirk Cousins to have 21 touchdowns and only two interceptions, but taking some shots and maybe throwing an interception here and there isn't going to hurt the team. You, you just live with it, and we build on from it. Interceptions is the part of the NFL. But, but not in the fourth quarter. Not in the fourth quarter. On a potential game-winning drive. I mean, nobody wants Kirk Cousins no, to throw no, any more I interceptions, know. right? But I think the fact that we took some shots last week. No, it's very promising. People are getting what they're complaining about right now. People are getting exactly what they've been complaining about the last few weeks. Hey, it's it's setting up for a very interesting second half of the season. But that starts with the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday. And this is what Mike Zimmer had to say when playing against this San Francisco 49ers team. We're going to have to go out and play good against San Francisco. You know, they've got a great scheme offensively. Defensively, they're hard charging, good rushers, play uh, play some sticky coverage. Special teams going to have to play well as well. So should be a good day, a lot of fun, good opportunity for us. Did you get any time yesterday to celebrate Thanksgiving? Yeah, we got done a little early. Take any time to actually not watch football, or is it all still about no, job? No, it was all football, <laughs> yeah. Football season is football, 24-7 usually. Like with the defensive line having to change a little bit this week, Sheldon Richardson, we saw a little bit of him at defensive end last week. How does his background in different systems and his versatility help him adjust to that role if he has to play more of it this week? Outside is a little bit easier than moving inside for an end, you know, to go inside because things happen a little faster in there and there's a lot more double teams and things like that. Um, you know, typically as as an end, you're going to get more – you know, cutoffs and reaches and, and, you know, guys come from the other side to block you. Um, but, you know, he's a big guy, so that kind of helps in some of the situations. You know, last week he had a uh, pretty good pass rush. Yeah, we just got to manufacture what we're doing. Oh, Mike, how's Everson doing? You know, I don't know. I don't have much of an update on him. Um, you know, we've been so busy with everything. Is, is there a procedural move to be made, though, in terms of him going on like a non-football injury list or something like that? I, I don't know. I let those the front office guys handle that. Been able to get explosive plays, but against this team, is, is possession football almost or more important? Well, scoring is always more more important, right? We got to you know we're gonna have to play great in the red zone. Um, we got to be better in two minute on defense, you know. But um, yeah, they want to they want to control the clock, and they're gonna give you a lot of window dressing. But they're a power football team at the end of the day, <clears throat> so um, you know obviously the more we hold on to the ball, the better it is. With Samuel and all the different places they put him, how difficult is it to, I guess, ignore the window dressing versus having to honor some of it given how many places he can get the ball? Yeah, we always have to honor it. You know, it'd be, it'd be nice to just, you know, let don't worry about that one. But um, but he is a terrific player. Um, you know, when he's got the ball in the hand, his hands are extremely dangerous. He got a screen against Chicago for about 80. Um, you know, he's really difficult in the red zone. Uh, you know, because the things they do with him, but you know, not only his speed and and uh, but his run after after catch or run when he's got the ball in his hands is really really dynamic. Coach, I know some of the recent defensive line moves have obviously been due to need, but when you can bring in guys like like Yarbrough or Tishon who have 
been here before under you, does that help with just sort of the catch up that they have to do? It does. Um, you know, they have better recall. And so it's not like starting completely over. Um, you know, Tayshon's done a good job this week and he remembered a lot of things. So, um, you know, we'll see. Um, with Nick Bosa, how does he stress offenses the most? And I guess also, how does he compare to, to his brother? They're both good players. Um, they move him around a lot. You know, sometimes he's inside, sometimes he's outside. Um, he's terrific with his hands. He's got good power on, on the rush. But, I th you know, his reaction reaction rushes are really, really good. And, um, you know, I think those are the hardest things with, with him. Um, and you got to pay attention to him, obviously. Just how quick he can kind of see what's happening. Yeah, know. like you know, guy gave me his hand. You know, kind of like Hunter is. You know, when when he's rushing, you know, a guy gives him an outside hand, he moves inside. You know, or gives him, <clears throat> you know, inside hand, he moves inside. You know, things like that. So, um, but he's really good at recognizing that, and you know, his get off is really good. So the the get off with the with the recognition of what kind of punch he's going to get um, or which way the turn's going. I mean, all that stuff is important. Um, who's starting at center? I don't know. We'll see tomorrow, Sunday. Well, Mike Zimmer knows how important this game is. Me and Tatum talk about this every week. This is a must-win game. And this is another must-win game. But more importantly, this is two five and 5-5 five teams that really want to make the playoffs, and they the winner of this game has a very good chance of doing so. I think this game against San Francisco is – maybe even bigger for the playoff race because of the potential head-to-head -head win. Uh, that's something we already have right now against Carolina. We already have it against Seattle. Getting a win against the 49ers will be huge because if we finish with the same record, we're in. And, yeah. and that is just massive. And you maybe don't think about that right now, but it's something to keep in the back of your mind, Like the, especially the win over against Carolina, right? Like everyone thought, oh, it's a good win. You know, it's nice to kind of get back on track. But being a head-to-head -head win, that's going to count for a lot in, in Week 18. Because we won, it, it It seems like it's even more of an important, you know, pressure-packed, pressure-filled game to win. Yeah, I, I would say so because there, there's really no margin for error with this team. And that's just the way it is when you start 1-3, and three, when you're 3-5. When you're and five, We still have to keep going. And that's why I think this game against the 49ers is so big because if you lose – once again, you're still trying to get above 500. You know, you kind of fall back a little bit in the NFC race. And even with a win against the Niners, there's still work to go. Like I said, when you start slow and you're at 500 the whole season, there's still a lot of work to be done. Yeah, we got to finish the second half of the show strong right after the break. Hey, Vikings fans, this football season, make Pepsi your go-to game day drink because it's the only drink for football watching. Pepsi, that's what I like. Hey, Vikings fans, right now you can pick up a commemorative Vikings cup at your local high beat. Fill it with an ice cold Pepsi and you'll be ready for football watching. Yo, what's going on? We're back. This is Vikings Vantage presented by Pepsi. Tatum Everett is here alongside Eric Smith. My name is Gabe Henderson, and I always can tell the pulse of the team based off of your Monday morning mailbags. I know right now it's Friday, but the energy from this past Monday compared to the last two or three, it has changed. How would you say it has changed from your perspective? Who writes these articles each week? I feel like it changed every week, honestly. And, okay. and that's, you know, it's been a roller coaster season. And, you know, with the mailbag, I really, I think pulse is a good word. I really try to take the temperature of the team every Monday, uh, kind of a reactionary piece right after Sunday's game and, you know, include what fans are feeling and just the general vibe of the team. Um, right now, I think it feels good. Um, like I said, we're five and five. 
Uh, everyone is feeling great coming off a win over the Packers and, and two straight wins that matches a, a season season high win streak. Fans are excited about the potential of the team because they've sort of gotten what they've been clamoring for a little bit, especially offensively, kind of getting the ball to Justin Jefferson and being more aggressive down the field. And it's just funny how it changes week to week because, you know, I, I have a lot of the same fans that email me every week. And I, I don't include them because I try to mix it up and include a bunch of different fans. Oh, so you got my burner account. I do. <laughs> I, I have both your burner accounts. Um, but, you know, there was a guy who emailed in a few weeks ago and was like, I'm over it, you know, like the team's three and five, like they need to make big changes. And then he emailed me Sunday night and was like, hey, I'm excited for the playoffs. <laughs> I saw that in your mailbag this morning. Uh, I thought that funny. was great that you showed the parody of like how quickly someone's opinion of their team can change. And might I add, I just want to give you so many kudos for this Monday morning mailbag because he is answering them for the article, but he answers every single email that you guys send him in Monday morning mailbag. So snaps for Eric, because honestly, I'm sure it's a lot more fun after a win. There may not be as many emails, but there's probably like a million after a loss, because that's how we felt this week with pick six. Our fan questions were very slim, yes. considering the win. And then the when we lost that episode, we had to do with the loss. Whew, that list was deep. Yeah, deep for sure. Um, a lot of the same comments, though, when, it, when it's deep. But now that we are finally getting some wins, it's like, okay, like, talk to us. And it's just like, no, let us just get over this win and just enjoy this and not say anything about it. But, Eric, back to your point. Yeah, I think in terms of, you know, whether it's pick six or the mailbag, people, when, when we're winning, fans just like to keep riding the wave, right? Yeah. And they like to just keep it going. But when we lose, you know, that's when people want to complain, obviously. And, and I get that. Like, everyone is frustrated when the team loses. Um, I think it was after the Cowboys game, coming off the bye. Oh. I think I answered 150 emails that week. That's why I'm kudos to and you, it's man. Like, man, like, you know, and a lot of them are the same thing, like, you know, short, just frustrated emails. And it's yeah. like, I get it. You know, the mailbag is their place to kind of vent. I love that. You're like you know. their best friend that they can just reach out to <laughs> and give them. He's their therapist. I was going to yes. say therapist. Their yes. Therapist. Yeah. They just, they're just like one-off emails. Like, Eric, help me. I, I'm so frustrated. Yeah. You, thank you, Eric, for, you know. <laughs> try my best. Replying to my burner emails. No, I'm joking. But this is, I mean, just having said what you said about the offense starting to change, would you say that the identity of our team now is setting up the run by throwing the ball? I would say we're getting there. Okay. I, I would say me personally, I probably need to see – another game or two of that to fully buy into that. You know, this is my sixth season covering the team. From the time I've been here, it's been we want to run the ball and be a physical team and, and make it hard on the opposing defense. And that was even when we had a good wide receiver duo in Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. And now we have another good or great wide receiver duo in Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. And it seems like really over the past you know, two weeks especially, but kind of sort of, you know, at different points of the season where we've started to push the ball more down the field and be aggressive. And like, like we've talked about, that's what that's what fans wanted. You know, they want to use the playmakers. Um, they want to be aggressive. It's just a matter of whether or not the offense will do it. And sometimes the plays are called to, yeah. for the offense to be aggressive. Sometimes Kirk doesn't see it. Sometimes there's pressure. Sometimes, you know, for whatever reason, it doesn't happen. But we've seen that the last two weeks where, you know, we put the ball down the field. And I think, obviously, Justin Jefferson has had two back-to-back -back monster games. But um, a stat that I looked up was when he gets 10 targets, or at least 10 targets this season, that's been five games, the Vikings are 4-1 and one in those games where he's been targeted at least 10 times. 
And the only loss was in Arizona when you can easily argue we should have won that game too. Yeah. So it could, it could be 5-0. and oh. And that's why people say, get him the ball. You know, get him the ball. Like, he's a dynamic playmaker. You know, he he loves the limelight. He, he's, a, he's an absolute superstar, even though he's only 22 years old. So, yeah, I think overall the, the identity has changed it, so far, you know, but you still have Dalvin Cook. Uh, it's just how long is that going to last? I just look at the last three games. We got Justin Jefferson the ball in the first play against the Ravens, the third play against the Chargers, and then the second and third play last week. So that's a good point. If you listen to the MVP this week, I went on a love fest about Justin Jefferson <laughs> and just his ability to handle big time situations. But I also want to talk about this defense and and yeah, you know they weren't perfect against Green Bay. They were obviously very good there in the first half. Second half, not so much, but. Going into the San Francisco game, what concerns you about this unit? Because I know there's going to be some names missing. There's going to be, you know, it's another game plan where I feel like Mike Zimmer's dialing up everything he can and using a lot of these backup guys who have to step up. I think the biggest concern I have is the run defense. And I think back to the the playoff game in January 2020 when the Niners ran the ball for 185 yards Mm. and on 40 carries. So it wasn't like they were breaking off 15, 20-yard runs. It was, you know, uh, my colleague Craig Peters and I were in the press box that day, and we joked that it was uh, death by a thousand paper cuts. (laughs) Wow, what an analogy. Because it was a four-yard run, a five-yard run. Mm -hmm. And then it's third and one, and then, oh, it's a three-yard run, and it's a first down. You know, so they weren't breaking off huge runs, but it was just consistently, you know, five, five, six yards of carry. Um, So that kind of concerned me again Going into this game, as Tatum mentioned, you know, there's going to be some people who will not play. Um, you know, Dalvin Tomlinson up front in the middle is, is out. He's on the COVID list. People got to step up and stop the run because, you know, for as much as we talk about the Vikings offense, the Vikings defense still, their number one priority is to stop the run. And they yeah. haven't done a great job of that this year. So I'm a little worried about that. You know, the Niners like to run a lot of pre-snap motion. And, you know, Kyle, Kyle Shanahan's a very, you know, young, forward-thinking coach. So we'll see some exotic plays and all this stuff. And uh, that's something I'll have my eye on. Yeah, this San Francisco 49ers offense runs the ball 29 times per game, which is the sixth most in the NFL. Their run-to-pass percentage is 48 to 52. So they run the ball 48% of the time, which is the fourth most in the NFL. So they're going to try to get the ball downhill. You can't let those guys go on a 20-play drive that takes up 13 minutes off the clock. <laughs> that's, that's what they did. They the did entire, like, yeah, I know. Jaguars. I mean, it's the entire first quarter. You, you can, literally, I know. the entire first quarter. And then the Jaguar, Jacksonville Jaguars go three and out. Even against the Rams, we talked about this on MVP, the Rams threw an interception on the fir- first drive of the game, and then the 49ers go 18 plays the next drive. They only go for it. They only settle for a field goal. But the next drive, they throw a pick six. So That sounds like death by a thousand cuts. <laughs> I, I looked it up. That playoff game in San Francisco at the end of the 2019 season, 49ers had the ball for 38 minutes and 27 seconds, mm-hmm. and the Vikings only have it only had it for 21 and a half minutes. And if, if that happens again, oh, yeah. that's not a good winning formula. No, you're not going to win if that happens. Yeah. Like, there's just, that's not going to happen. Unless you have, you know, your turnover margin yeah. is. Unless you, they march all the way down to the red zone, and then we get a pick six. Like really, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, we'll that's take it. it. We'll take it. Um, Eric, from a written perspective on Vikings.com, what should fans expect heading into Sunday? Yeah, actually, I want to plug a story that's already been up for a few days, um, and that is on longtime Vikings equipment manager Dennis Ryan, who had a, an incredible streak come to an end this past Sunday. Um, so the, the win against Green Bay was obviously a big win, but there were a few layers behind it. The first one was that it was the franchise's 
500th all-time regular season win. So a very big milestone. And it's just kind of, I think, a, a cruel twist of irony that Dennis was not able to be at the game. So he uh, had COVID and had to be home. And that ended a streak for him of 705 consecutive games, wow. which is incredible. I mean, How just, many seasons is that? He's been around for 45 seasons. Ooh. Yeah. That's crazy. So he started, wow. he started with the organization in 75, just helping with training camp, helping move for training camp. That was 75 and 76. In 77, he helped only at home games. So two years for that, 77 and 78. And then we started full-time in 79. And since 1979, he had not missed a regular season game. That's and crazy. that's 705 games, which is it's incredible. Um, those of us who know Dennis, you know, love him. Every, everyone in this building loves him. I asked Mike Zimmer about him on Monday. He said he's just it just beloved in the organization and just a tireless worker long ramble about Dennis Ryan, but he is just a man. So, um, I found a, you know, I, I wrote a story about him earlier this week, um, about his streak coming to an end coming up. Yeah. We got final thoughts. You know, that's something that Craig Peters, Lindsay Young and I do every Friday. Um, it's a really in-depth game preview. We'd kind of pick a topic to watch and, you know, there's some interesting stats and numbers and, um, just kind of where the team is at heading into into Sunday's game. Well, make sure you tune in to Vikings.com for Eric's final thoughts. Tatum, we'll get yours on the show. My final thoughts on this, I'm going to touch on this again. The ball security is going to be key. Whoever wins the turnover battle wins the game. I know time of possession is very important too, but for me, it's keeping that ball secure and out of the hands of the 49ers defense who gets a little greedy when it comes to their defensive takeaways, especially in the last two games where they have four. So that is my final thought on that. Ride this wave. It's so crucial. You know, the next three games are not the last four. The last four, we went two and two, and it's such a gauntlet of of opponents, a lot of division leaders in there. Now you've got three straight teams with either, you know, a losing record or at 500. And so take advantage of the opportunities you have in front of you. You're battle tested. You have confidence. Now it's time to go in search well and and ride this wave to a playoff position. I think my final thought is just win the game. No wow. Matter, no, matter, no matter how you're doing. <laughs> Gabe's already on Thanksgiving break or still <laughs> yeah. on Thanksgiving break. Yeah. No, win teasing. the game and then stop Debo Samuel in the process. They got 26 explosives in the past. Debo Samuel has 13 of those. You stop him and then get a man on George Kittle. That is a recipe for success. You'll win the game doing that. So that's all I got. Um, Eric, thank you for joining us, man. Always appreciate it. Thank you. Well, for East Smitty, Tatum Everett, producer Jay Nelson, my name is Gabe Henderson. Thank you again for tuning into another edition of Vikings Vantage presented by Pepsi. Pepsi, that's what I like. <laughs> <laughs>